I'm sending you a video just to connect since I'm not seeing a lot of people, but also just thank you again for being willing. And um, I will send you more information soon. I'm sending you now a video, sending you a kiss back. I'll show you my bunker. This is where I work. And see, there is nobody outside. It's completely dead. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Lonely Hour. It's Julia. All of our diary episodes are close to me in different ways. I didn't feel comfortable asking people I don't know personally to give of their time right now when the world is in such disarray, such distress. You've heard from my cousin, from my father, and today we're with Nicolas. He's 34, a few years younger than I am. He's my friend. He's been a lover at times. In fact, I just saw him in February. Nicolás was born and raised in Chile, but his father lives here in New York. He used to live here too, but now he's based in Amsterdam. So he was visiting his dad and we all spent time together, saw a jazz show one night on the double date, and he spent some nights with me at my apartment. A few days later, he flew back home. It's hard not to think about touch when I think about Nicolas, especially now when it's something so many of us who live alone are craving. So that's what we're going to explore a bit in this episode. Here's Nico at week one of sheltering in place. He walked to his office to grab his computer monitor, his keyboard and his mouse so that he could work from home for a couple of months or however long. So, it's one o'clock, it's beautiful outside, lots of sun. It's a day that normally you would see people everywhere sitting on their terrace and on the cafes, enjoying their tea or beer outside. You know, like Dutch people love to spend a sunny day. The Netherlands are a rainy country. Nicolas says it's like being in an upside-down Tupperware container and everywhere you look is gray. Today, finally, there's sun, but no one can enjoy it. What's funny now, I'm walking with a mask and I started using a mask a couple of days ago. And people really take a distance. So it's a very effective way to keep distance with other people. They see you with a mask and they go, fuck. I'm not getting near this guy. Like yesterday I was walking and there was this guy jogging and saw me. I went across the street just to avoid me, which was kind of an interesting phenomenon. Quite effective. I recommend everyone wearing a mask. Before going to his office, he checked to see if his favorite falafel place was still open. Oh yeah, it is open. Nice. 
Hey. Ja, vanavond met alles. Je wacht even wat hoor. Ja. Dank u wel. Zo, ze zijn nog open. Alles is wrapped in plastic om mensen van het virus te krijgen. En ik sta buiten om de dezelfde air dat andere mensen breathing. On his way back home with all of his things, Nicolas checked on a neighbor. His name is Ruud. He's about 75 years old, I think, or 70. He's retired. He lives alone. No family, no kids. So I've been talking to him lately a lot by phone, making sure he's fine, whether he need me to buy groceries. So far he's very stubborn and he keeps saying, no, I can do everything myself. But at the same time, I worry. I'm gonna see if he's here now. I'll see if he's, I can say hello from the distance. I'll see. Hello, Ruud. Ruud. Hello. Yeah, I guess he's not here. Days later, there's no real new routine. It's hard to figure this out. It's about 11.30, Friday morning, and I'm still wearing my pajamas in my reading couch. It's been like this now for five days, and you start to grow your beard, and you wonder what is going on. I'm looking outside my window and there's nobody outside. I live in a tiny houseboat in the canals of Amsterdam, which is really relaxing because the boat moves with the water. When it rains, you really feel that it's raining. When it's summer, you can jump on outside in the water. But now with quarantine, you feel like you're floating in space. There's no life, there's no noise. You're just alone in a houseboat. So yeah, it's a weird feeling. I think it's the same feeling you get when a big bad storm is going to come and you don't know what sort of damage that will do. So this whole feeling of uncertainty is troubling everyone, not just financially, but also psychologically. I can imagine that a lot of people are struggling, especially with kids yelling around, being at home all day long. I think for the first time in my life, I appreciate being single <laughs> with no kids. <laughs> well, single maybe is not the best part. I mean, you do feel alone. And uh, I think it was like seven years ago, It was eight years ago, actually. Nico and I were together in New York during Hurricane Sandy. And we locked ourselves in Julia's apartment. We bought a lot of food. And I remember it was like two nights. 
and it was incredible. We had lots of sex. It was very, how to say this? It was a beautiful experience where we both shared. God. <laughs> this is so hard to say, knowing that it's going to go on the internet. But we basically got together and enjoyed each other's company. We cooked food. We watched movies, didn't we? But the difference with this, besides the fact that I'm alone here, is that this is not a blizzard. This is more like a winter that is coming. So it's not only three or four days where everything's going to be destroyed like a hurricane. Here is going to be a long process that nobody knows how bad it's going to affect everyone's life. I remember the hurricane too. I remember walking down my block after running some errands to find Nico waiting for me outside in a cab. We'd planned ahead to pass the storm together, and as I neared my stoop, his long, skinny arms and legs popped out of the car. He was holding a carton of eggs, some homemade lentil soup, and all of his computer gear, and he walked towards me, smiling, kind of giddy. And he's right. It was a beautiful few days for us. We kept each other safe and sound. And yes, it was sexy, too. We continued to date for a while, but it fizzled out eventually. Actually, he kind of broke my heart. But we came back together after some years, and after talking it all through, we're just drawn to one another. We're never going to get married, and we've both had many relationships since 2012, but we want to be in each other's lives. So I asked him how he feels now after, at the time of recording, one month alone in Amsterdam. The main question here is, what does it feel to be alone? Well, I think it's impossible to be alone. And no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't be alone. Although I've always liked solitude, extended solitude is really hard to bear with. And I realized that I'm a very social person. I used to think that I was fine being alone, but after this experience, I learned that I need contact with other people. So slowly I started reaching out to friends and so far I've seen three friends only. I saw a friend, we sat at the park and had some beers and we kept yeah, a two meter distance while we were in the park. And it was really strange, he's a really good friend of mine, someone who I would always hug, a uh, very affectionate guy, but this time, yeah, we couldn't really do that. We were just saying hello from distance. I saw another friend, we had some <laughs> beers again in the rooftop of my house. We sat also two meter distance and we saw the sunset. I had really long conversations with him, seeing the sunset, seeing the day pass by, kind of like our grandparents used to do in their porch, seeing how nature and the night would take over the landscape. I feel <laughs> that that's sort of happening now. I feel like when I've reached out to these three people and I talk to them face to face after talking online for so long, finally seeing them, it was a really powerful moment.
I've always been a big, how do you say, what's the word? I've always been this sort of wimp when it comes to drugs. I've only smoked weed in my life. <laughs> but after being confined for so long, I really want to try ecstasy. <laughs> Which is something I don't think I would ever said before the quarantine. But now I really want this to be over. Try ecstasy, hug everyone and feel beloved and love other people. <laughs> But wait, who was the third person he spent time with? I don't know if she'd talk about this. Jesus. Julia. <laughs> right before the quarantine thing started, I met this girl. And yeah, should I talk about this? I don't know, man. Okay, fuck it. So this is the only girl I would see during this whole pandemia started. She would come to my house and... She sent me a text message a week ago and she asked me, are you seeing me because of coronavirus and you don't have any other option? Or are you seeing me because you really like me? I told her that I didn't know. I was really honest with her. I told her that I like her, obviously, but I told her that I couldn't promise anything after... COVID-19 crisis was over. I don't know about the future. I don't know how it was going to feel. And I feel like I didn't want to lie to her. That obviously went to shit because that's not the answer I think she expected or she would have liked to hear. So we took a bit of distance. We want to protect one another emotionally. But yeah, it was a really difficult question because of Corona. Certain relationships, they evolve faster. And sometimes they evolve faster to something we don't control. And in reality, most of the time in our daily lives, we control our lives, right? We know where we're going to eat. We know where we're going to be at 8 p.m. And that we're going to be back at home sleeping at 1, let's say. But because of this new life... You can't control anything, therefore you sort of let your emotions go with the flow a bit. I was just losing myself with her. I think I was letting my feelings just go with the flow. And when she asked me, would it be the same when we go back to normality? Yeah, my first answer was like, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I think I would love life. I would love to see my friends feel, touch, be loved by other people, but not romantically with one person, I think is a feeling. I don't know. I'm not making any sense. Jesus Christ. You see, this is what quarantine does to you. <laughs> Fucks up with you. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know either. Did he keep someone around because he realized physical touch is so important to him? Did she put pressure on the relationship, asking a question no one could possibly have an answer to? Perhaps their romance could have had more room to breathe and develop naturally. But it does make me think, did he do that with me? Did I do that with him? It really made me think of you a bit. It made me think that 
yeah, here I am again repeating my pattern of spending great time with someone intimately because of this chaos. And then when things go back to normal, here I am, single again. Sure, okay, maybe this woman isn't the right one for him. But what's wrong with letting your feelings go, as he put it? I've been leaning into a romance, a virtual romance, yes, during this time, and it's been magical. A little scary, sure, but this person and I both feel like, why deny ourselves of this? Why think of our former lives as reality and this as something else? This is life right now. And we're excited to be with each other in who knows how long, but eventually. I told Nico that I think he can get in his own way sometimes, and whether it's fear or what, prevent himself from receiving love. Anyway, we're always going to be friends. I adore him. At the end of one phone call recently, he said, you know, Julia, you can always count on me, except in relationships. I'm horrible at it. I said, I know, about both. <laughs> and then I checked in on him a few days later. Hi. Sorry, I've got no money. Sorry. Nada, zip. Just kidding. I am going to sleep now. It's almost one o'clock. I hope you're doing well. Let's talk tomorrow. This episode was produced by me, Julia Bainbridge, and mixed and sound designed by Keith J. Nelson. Carrie Ann Thomas, you know what you mean to this show, but I'm going to say it again. Thank you for coming in at the 11th hour to help me think things through. Peyton Turner, who is now officially a mother, is our illustrator. And The Lonely Hour's original theme song is by Chris McLeod. Nicolas, we love you. Alan, I cannot wait. <laughs>